0: And Hello everyone Welcome to Remember Then Radio This is the Jerry Petito Show How do you guys hear us? Harold, how about now? Do we sound okay? Let me know Um I hope you guys can hear us okay Because everything seems to be working Um Hold on one second guys Sure So Let's see what Harold says. Um, can you guys hear us out there? Just checking, making sure it's all okay. I'm not sure. Right now he hears music. Um, it says we're on, so I'm going to start the show. Okay, so, um, okay, ready, guys? Let's do this. Alright, everybody. So again, hello everyone and welcome to the Jerry Petito show on Remember Then Radio. Um, I hope we're not chopped up anymore. I think I, I fixed this. Um, alright, guys. So I have an incredible guest. I'm not sure why it's choppy, Harold, because I think, I mean, I can hear it okay. I'm not sure if it's you or if it's me. Um, Kevin, tell me if your wife can uh, hear it. Okay.
1: Yes, I'm just.
0: Okay, I just want to make sure uh, it's it's good, guys. i to
1: talking too loud. Okay. okay. You know, I've got it up on her phone, Jerry, but I don't. I don't hear. I don't hear anything.
0: Okay. Do you hear it now?
1: Let's try it now.
0: Okay. Hello. Can you hear us? Okay.
1: No. Uh. uh hmm. hold on a second.
0: Harold, so is maybe, this,
1: maybe I'm just in the chat
0: room. Okay, okay so, okay, that's fine. Uh, so, okay, I think everything's okay. So let's just uh, do the oh, show then. Yes, okay? Uh,
1: it's coming through
0: perfect. Okay, great. Now. Okay, great. Steve says it's fine. Okay, great. All right, so now everybody, great. we're going to start this show. Um... It's 2.01. It's only a minute after two. Great. So I have a really, really great guest. Okay. But before I introduce him, and of course, before I read the poem, I just want to let everyone know that uh, my original guest got pneumonia. So he has to reschedule. So my guest here today, Kevin McGowan, he is awesome, and so this was kind of like, you know, spur of the moment, so I don't have a real personal poem for him, but my next interview with him, I promise everybody out there, I will have an incredible personal poem for this man, because he's worth it. Okay, so, introduce yourself. Thanks, Jerry.
1: My name's Kevin McGowan. I'm a a singer-songwriter, performing musician in and around Central Jersey. And uh, just before we go any further, I'd say I'm wishing Scotty the best and and hoping he's back on his feet. Yeah, right. And and thank you for having me here, Jerry.
0: Okay, sweetheart. So I'm going to read this poem. This is a generic poem. I do mention you in it. It's about music. Okay, because I interview a lot of musicians. So here goes. Music is said to define who you are. The kind that you listen to really matters by far. Upbeat and positive are the notes you should hear. Nothing with violence or you'll live in fear. Your thoughts are wired to make you think. With what you do can make you sink. Keep all your thoughts uplifting and real. Feeding your mind crap destroys how you feel. So many artists can sing high and low, but as years go by, they come and they go. But all these years later, through all of their fame, new voices I've heard, who are now in the game, my guest tonight that you need to meet, his music's the reason I gave him the seat. His name is Kevin McGowan. He writes, sings, and plays. He has his own style in his own special ways. His voice is amazing, I kid you not. Kevin needs to know he does have a shot. Your voice is so soothing, brings me way back. One of your records will be a gold plaque. There's so many genres, choices galore. There's hip-hop and rap, jazz blues, and much more. Music is a must for you to keep your joy, especially if it's Elvis, because Elvis is my boy. (laughs) That's for you, Kev. Perfect. (laughs) So, um, I've recently met you. So you've been coming to friendlies in Robbinsville on Sundays for open mic.
1: Yeah, that's correct. The last uh, the last several months, probably since early summer, since okay, kicked off there a few weeks or so after it started. Okay, and I met so many great people, just the finest people that uh, you know, doing things like this, getting out of your your local area, if you will, and and then meeting new people and, and expanding, you know, your reach and. And and met nothing but the best people at Friendly's, for sure. So it's an a named place. It's, it's a friendly and supportive environment if there ever
0: was one. Oh, thank yeah. you. And, of course, your friendly manager's there. That's right. <laughs> so, that's cool. Um, so, all right. So, what I really want to tell everybody out there before I play one of your songs is I want you to let them know, like, what kind of a singer you consider yourself as.
1: Yeah, Jerry, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I would say my that my style that I do is uh, it's adult contemporary and singer songwriter stuff, I'm, I'm bordering on folky and some pop. And uh, and you know, being first generation American, uh, I do a lot of Irish music too because that was in my my house as, as I was growing up. So uh, as a singer, I'm just uh, uh, I'm just you know trying to carry a tune from one day to the next. So So uh, who
0: was good. who was your favorite singer when you were growing up?
1: Right, so when I was growing up, what the very first song that really grabbed me was a Bobby Darren song.
2: Ooh. Uh,
1: Dream Dream Lover from night oh. So I won't say that I didn't ever I don't remember hearing any other stuff, but this this song grabbed me. I remember Hearing it the first time, and, and I just couldn't stop waiting for it to come back again on the radio, and I was just singing it around the house to the point where my my, my brother and sisters were ready to throw me out a window. It was just it was it just grabbed me, and and from that time on, that moment on, I kind of was really hooked into music. And then when the Beatles broke through, right? I mean that's that's a that's a seminal moment for everybody uh, in 1964. Everybody from my generation, right, who was able to see something like that just. Uh, miraculously appear and it kind of it kind of gave an awareness to, well to me anyway I felt like I woke up at that moment you know and, and then you were exposed to all the other music and all the other content that's, that was out there that you never really were aware of it now I kind of was aware of everything so and, and I would say I would say Paul McCartney and, and then moving through the 60s into the early 70s I'd say somebody like David Gates and I would grab Kenny Loggins, Dan Fogelberg, and and, and all of these artists, like in in that realm, they would, they just, uh, they just make me want to listen to music, and they make me want to be part of it.
0: So, all right, so you mentioned all these great, incredible artists, but you didn't mention the greatest. Elvis. And
1: I'll tell you, Elvis, absolutely for sure, and in the 80s. In the Earth. Let me back it up into, the, into 1973. I was in a college production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh. And I, I was in the band, and I did the Elvis song, <gasps> the, the, you know, the pharaoh. I was the pharaoh. So I got out of where the band was sitting, and I would get up, and I would do the pharaoh song, you know, just tell me what the dreams mean. And I had this shirt that would glow in the dark. You needed to have, like, sunglasses on to be looking at it. And, and I would do an Elvis impersonation, uh, for, for two minutes there of that play every night we did it. So, oh. uh, it was just fantastic. And then moving into the eighties, uh, as music came and went in my life, much like a lot of musicians. And I, in the eighties, I found myself back with a few other musicians and we came across, uh, in central Jersey, an Elvis impersonator and he was looking for a band. So we became his backup <gasps> band for about I think for about two years. We just had the best time. I met, met some great, great people and playing at these fairs and, and events and charity balls and all this other stuff. It was just incredible, the love that everybody had for Elvis. Now, that's just 35 years ago from now, but it, it was six or seven years after Elvis had passed. So,
0: But wait, I have a question about that. So who was the um, Elvis artist?
1: Jerry L. Really? Yeah, he lives lives in Oldbridge, I or North Brunswick now. He was in Oldbridge. then. Does he
0: still yeah. do anything?
1: I'm sorry, say again, Jerry. Does he
0: still do anything with the Elvis?
1: Uh no, I, I don't and I haven't seen him around. I bump, okay. in, I bump into him very rarely, but I have over the over the course of the you know, the last couple of decades and, and he was trying to keep his hand in and he was still doing some other stuff. But wow. yeah, you know, we we reminisce, we talk about the great times. The, the incredible stuff that happened that you couldn't even dream would have happened, you know the the craziness of it all, and just just the all out fun you know good stuff
0: wow, now yeah. I love you more, oh wow, that is yeah, it was, so it was cool. so much fun, yeah. so cool he
1: had the best outfits too. he had this blue tuxedo that 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 was just it just knocked everybody out, and then he he lived it and he loved it, and he was good at it so. You know, wow it, beautiful uh, it was a lot of fun
0: so I want to play when I was a young man by you so all before right. we play it tell everyone about this song did you tell everyone about it
1: all right so I, I wrote this song when i was when I was a young man I wrote this song when I was 24 okay it, it was a, a consider it maybe a songwriting exercise but I said i want to, Think of myself as looking back on my life, and where what will I be thinking about, and what what will be those things I wish I could undo or, or redo? Right. Okay. Uh, so I, I was 24, and I was looking out. Say, I don't know, 20, younger than I am today, but I was looking out down the road of my life. As I was looking back, how how would I view my life? And and the, the stuff that's in my mind right now at 24, what will that mean to me 20, 25 years from now, and how? How would I react with that? How live live with those kind of memories, and how do I put that into a, a song? And that's that—that's how that started as a songwriting exercise.
0: So that. hold on a minute now. How old are you today?
1: I'm sixty-seven.
0: Sixty-seven. Yeah. Okay. First of all, you don't look sixty-seven. You don't act sixty-seven. You don't seem sixty-seven. <laughs> but you wrote that as a young man thinking about how you would look back once you're older. That is so cool. Oh my gosh. All right. Now I got to hear the song. All right. So everybody, we're going to play this. When I was a young man written, produced and sung by this gentleman. Wow. Kevin. Thanks,
1: thanks, Jerry.
0: That song is unbelievable.
1: Thank you so much. All
0: right, so I have some questions about it. All right, I'm going to say something, and everyone out there who knows me knows I would never say this if I didn't mean it. That is one of the most beautiful, incredible songs I've ever heard.
1: Wow. Thanks, Jerry.
0: First of all, first of all, you wrote that as a young, you were a young man pretending you were older, looking back.
1: That's right.
0: Second of all, did, did, you, did you ever record that song?
1: It I do. It's on. Uh, it's on. I have it. It's the title track from my first CD when okay. I was a young man.
0: All right. So I want that CD. So I'll buy it from you. Bring it to me. Whatever it takes. I'll have
1: it for you next time I see.
0: It. I sure. need that CD. Um. That song is unbelievable. That should have been like in the top ten.
1: Thank you so much. You're very kind. No,
0: but I'm not. It. But I mean it. So, all right. So, um, tell me a little bit about your musical career. How it's been so far, thus far. Like, what, what, how many CDs have you recorded? Songs, all that.
1: Yeah, so I have three CDs of original music. That's the title track from my first CD uh, when I was a young man. Uh, the second cd is, is uh, it's titled our life that that so this cd i released it in 02 and the next one in 05 our life and then the third one uh, is every day is monday the title track from a song i wrote about a, a tough job i had uh tough uh, experience on a job and then uh, and, and that's how that came out in 11. so i have three cds of original music and like i, I was saying earlier I also do Irish music, so I recorded two CDs of Irish music. Uh, you know, the traditional uh, pub songs, uh, ballad songs, uh, stuff like that, uh, on two different Irish CDs. So the the difference in the CDs, the, the original ones I have, there's me and there's a lot of other first-rate musicians, great folks and great great musical talents on it. The Irish CDs, I I I did all the stuff myself. So the two Irish CDs are me playing all the instruments i had a home studio in my basement at the time and i was just uh you know i just started recording the irish song one day and i said you know i'd uh, like to do a cd of this and i so I, I just cranked it out pretty quick as, as i didn't have to coordinate anything with anybody so uh
0: wow okay i'm i'm just speechless and uh, i mean it um i want to ask you something else about that song sure. so the lyrics are incredible um Right. The voice is beautiful. So how old were you when you, when you recorded, like when you sang that, this version?
1: So I re, I sang, I did this, I was 48.
0: Okay. So that's your voice oh. that we just heard at 48?
1: Correct. Wow. Yeah. So I did that at the end of, uh, at the end of 2000, early 2001. Okay. Uh, sometime around then. And
0: wow. Uh, that's incredible. So,
1: uh, it's, uh, thank you, Jerry. It's, it, so, I, I, at that point, I had been married, you know, about three, uh, almost three years. When I wrote the song, I, I had, I had no, no children or anything at the time, and and my uh, all the events that I, I depicted in the song, none of that had happened at, at that stage. I was just, you know, still a punk kid trying to figure out which way was up, you know. Uh, but you know the family. My parents were still around. I, my wife and I, we had no kids yet, and uh, you know we were just you know trying to make our way.
0: So, okay. so all right, I want to play another song. So we have a song here called "The Love That I." The love that I live. Right. I love that title. So tell us about this song. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, I. This is this is a song. It's off my Our Life CD. This, uh, I wrote this song to be uh, an homage to the old high school dances that I used to go to, for the, for the slow dance at a, at a high school dance. Um, the kids today wouldn't know what that is, but, but we lived for those dances back in the day, right? So I wrote this uh, in the style and the vein of music from, uh, from the late 50s and early 60s uh, to be that song that made me think about that I danced to all the, every chance I got at a high school dance. Uh, And I was, was, my wife and I were were going steady back then. So uh, every chance we heard a song like this, we would be dancing to it. And I wrote this for her. This is my song. Wow.
0: So you're so sentimental. (laughs) Aw. That's so great. All right, everybody. So let's hear this one. I love the title. The Love That I Live. I love that. All right, here we go. Thank you, you,
2: And is feeling old You pour yourself on me And fill up my soul When you tell me You love me That's why
0: Question: Do you have a younger brother who's single? <laughs> oh my gosh! You're
1: so kind, Thank you.
0: So the words. Let's talk about that because I'm a poet. I'm a writer, right? And right. I always said I wish I could sing. And and I just love the way you put your words together. So when you were younger, but did you write? Did you? Are you? Do you do poetry?
1: Yeah, so when I when I started playing music, uh, I was I was fifteen, but I I started, you know, trying to you know p- playing the typical standard stuff that every every high school band played in, in that era, and, and and then I started to try and write my own stuff to to, you know, I wanted to be the Beatles, right, just just like everybody else, and uh, so I started you know writing songs when I when I was like. 14 or 15, you know, okay. for what it's worth, I, I started doing stuff then, and, uh, and and then, like I said, I the music came and went, I, I was, you know, I was working, I was doing with other people, it's very hard to keep a uh, handful of personalities together and, and be productive for a period of time, especially as a kid, and you look back and say, look, we were kids, and and, and maybe I took it too serious, and maybe some other people didn't. It was, but you know, it's all it all made for great times and great memories. So it, it's all beautiful when you think back on it. But I started writing songs when I was fifteen or sixteen, and then I stopped, and then I started, and then I stopped again. And then uh, in the in the nineties, I, I, so so the first CD is relatively easy from a content perspective. You you have a lifetime of songs that you've written, say, and you can kind of pick from them. And that's, so I had, I had a handful of, you know, fairly good sized handful of material I wanted to do when I decided to make a CD in 99. A friend, another friend of mine who did one said, wow, that was such a great thing you've done. I think I want to do this. So I went back and I dug up some of the stuff I had and then I wrote, and I wrote some new stuff and and made the CD. So uh, off and on, Jerry, over the years, off and on, I was writing some stuff and, uh, Wow. So, but it's been—it's been, you know, you know how it is. You're a poet; it's—it's it's in you, and and you're and and you're always thinking about those things, and 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 how to to make these, how, how to craft the right. I mean, when you hear when I hear a song, I say, "Wow, that's beautiful." And then when I start thinking about songs and started doing my own writing, I say, "Wow, the work that goes into getting these six words in the right place in the right spot of the song—it's just—it's something that." You don't, you don't think about, right, uh, unless you're doing it. So I had a great appreciation for for people who did things with, with words, like you, right? I mean, it's, a, a poem comes out or a song comes out and it's two minutes, a poem, let's say it's, I don't know, 30, 30 lines of poetry, and nobody knows the, uh, how much of your blood, sweat, and tears went into it and how many times. I went back in wordsmith stuff so many times, I was probably right back where I started from and didn't even know it. So Wow. It's, uh, so, you know how that is. You're just involved. And you need deep in it here. No,
0: all right. in it. So I have a question for you. And, you know, I interview a lot of singers, a lot of writers, a lot of entertainers. And I'm going to ask you something. I've only asked one other entertainer a while ago to do this for me. Um, and he started and, and didn't really get it done. And but I'm going to ask you. And I and honestly, you're only the second person I've asked because your words are incredible. If I wrote a, a, a little storyline, a little poem about my life with what's happened, where God brought me to, would you write a song? Most certainly. Right. We're going to work together on this. Be- okay. I look forward to that. That's, this that's is great. Incredible. Okay. Um, I'm just listening to your, to your songs thinking how emotional I feel right now, like what you've done and wow, this is just so beautiful, Kevin. So let's talk about Kim. Okay. So Kim, um, you know, told me I had to listen to your music and I had to connect with you. How did you and Kim meet?
1: I I met Kim at the Friendly's open mic. That's where you so, met him. Yeah, that's where I met. That's why I met every. I, so Linda Ekman is. is and you, you know Linda, Linda and Bill. They're there every week too. Uh, Linda, I know Linda from another group of musicians, right? And we've all uh, known each other for a, almost maybe a year. Uh, and she. Sent out. She's got in touch with us. Said, tell, "Tell us about the friendlies." Open, mic, We said, oh, "Absolutely, we're going to come down there." And and we went down there. And that's where I met Tim and Gino and Don. I and didn't Mike know and, that and yourself. And 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 the wonderful group of workers uh, and and Lee, the owner. Everybody is just uh,
0: well. You have two fans in the, the chat room. The you have two fans in the chat room. Harold and Gail Let's say hey to them. And, and Harold and Gail, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Hey guys, <laughs> they're listen. They're logging in. They're logging out. That's so funny. They they are dedicated today. Dedicated to hear this interview. We love you guys. Um, wow, I thought you were friends with them forever. That's why. Well, Kim is a fan. Let me tell you.
1: Well, you know, Jerry, I got to and I got to tell you that it it feels like we've known them for that long because they're it's it's I don't know it's it's synergy I, I don't know I don't know how to describe it. it's just it's just a coming together kind of thing of, of like-minded souls I guess but it's it's something that my wife and I felt that these are the greatest folks I feel like I've known these people all my life I said I totally agree
0: so, wow well she's uh, a huge fan
1: positive and uplifting uh, yes
0: mind. she wants to work with you right
1: yeah and yes we're working, so So on that CD, when I was a young man, uh, there's a song on there called "Ever." It's not in the MP3s I sent you, but I I originally wrote it as a male female duet, and uh, I couldn't, I just couldn't find someone to sing it with me. Uh, So I I just ended up doing it as a solo performer. Now uh, I've met some great folks here, right, on, on the music trail, and. Uh, I was I was performing as part of a, a regular monthly thing at a coffee house in Keyport with a, a few other musicians from the Acoustic Musicians Guild, because so we're all members of that group. And uh, I said to them, there was a husband and wife, friends, Peter and Jeannie Morris, great folks, great musicians. And I asked them if they, you know, I said, I wrote this software duet, and, and you know, you guys sound so great together. Maybe, maybe you'll think about doing it. And, I, and you know, I gave them the, the lyrics and stuff and, and the music and everything. And then... Uh, and they, and they worked on it, and they and they performed it. And then when we met the folks at Friendly Zone, I met Tim, and just over the last, like, month, I, I said, listen, I've got this song that I wanted to, to originally record as a male-female duet. It's a song about the, uh, the Abilene syndrome, right? It's, it's a song about two people who can't communicate. They love each other. They can't communicate with each other, right? So the whole thing falls apart just because of bad communication abilities it, and, and there's an old management training class I went to and they, they talked about that this was back in the 80's and they talked about that and they called it the Abilene Syndrome it was this company in Abilene, Texas they were depicting so I, I said I want to write a song about this and that's when I wrote that song and uh, so we, we started doing it we did it last night at PJ's Pancake House and we did it this past Sunday at, uh, at Friendly's so we're, we're working on it there. You know, uh, wow and, Great folks, great talent, great fun, great fans, great people to spend time with
0: all around. Well, I want to give a shout out to Scotty Hughes because he's going to end up listening to this interview. Scotty Hughes is the son of one of the original casinos back in the day. Then you can tell me goodbye, um, Hall of Fame song. So Ken Brady, who is still with us, who's a very good friend of mine. He's also one of the original singers. He was going to be on the interview with Scotty, um, but Scotty got pneumonia, and he's doing a lot better, guys. So just keep prayers for oh, Scotty, and keep prayers for Steve. Please, um, he had surgery, he's home, he's doing better now. But please, everybody, keep them both in your prayers, okay? So I just had to say that. Um, but, you know, the whole thing here with Scotty now is... You know, he felt so bad. He, you know, I said to him, it's okay. Let's reschedule. He was going to try and do it, but he sounds terrible, but he's doing better. And then that night I go and I see you at friendlies and I listen to you and Kim's like, you got to get him on. I'm like, Oh, wait, I have an opening this week. It was like, it was like a planned thing. (laughs) You know, I always think about like when, when stuff like that happens, like, Oh, wow. You know, it was meant to be. So, yeah. Alright, so now I'm going to play another song Now, it's called The Great Empty I love the titles of your songs <sighs> Like, this is crazy Alright, so tell everybody about that And why you named it that
1: <laughs> Yeah, so this, this started The inspiration for this was uh, I was watching a TV interview With, with Sting And he was reflecting back on when the police broke up. So so this was probably in the mid to late 90s, uh, mid mid 90s interview. And uh, so he had some perspective on it. And he was talking about his transition from the band to a solo performer. And the last song he had with the band, which was their biggest hit ever, Grammy-winning album as well, I think, was Every Breath You Take. And then his first hit as a solo was set them free. So he said, and he purposely did that because he thought that every breath you take was was just a bit overpowering and obsessive and how, uh, like almost stalking type of thing, right? It was, this this person was just not letting go of this other person after the, the relationship was done, you know? He just couldn't get this, be done with this okay. person. So I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a song, like a songwriting exercise again, about, uh, about emotional obsession I'm not going to write about somebody uh, stalking somebody or somebody you know hiding underneath their car or whatever I'm just going to write a song about someone who who just can't let go in in their mind and uh, and 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 because uh, of the split his whole being his whole soul feels hollow there's there's just nothing there it's just this massive emptiness and that's the title the great empty so
0: Wow, I just love all this. All right. um, Well, before I play this, I have another question because I I wanted to ask you this and I forgot, so I don't want to forget to ask you this. Um, Your CDs, how many do you have? Three. And are they all your songs that you wrote? Yes. Okay, because I'm going to buy all three from you. You're going to autograph all three for me, okay? So now...
1: I will have them for you on... When I, I'll have them with me and the next time you see Yep,
0: me. we will work that the next out. Time I see you, I'll yep. hand them all to you. And I am going to play the song, guys. Here it is. I love this title. The Great Empty.
1: Wow. Oh, let me, let me oh, do one other yep. thing in here, too. I wrote, uh, my best friend in the whole world lives in Ireland. I met him back in the Bronx in 1972. And if he was over here. Uh, living for a year or so. And then he ultimately, by the mid-70s, went went back to Ireland. But I'm still in touch with him. I still visit. He still visits. And he's the greatest musician of all time. And we did this. So I wrote this song. And over the phone, I said, here, Joe, here's what I got. His name is Joe Begg. He lives in County Meath, just outside of Dublin. And he, uh, he said, listen, I, I need you to t- change a few things here, do a few things here with this music and that, and uh, see what you think. And boy, oh boy, did it. It did it elevate the song to a place that I wow. I never thought it could be? So, all right, uh, Joe Baggy, my good buddy, my great friend, my best friend.
0: Here. Wow! After the, after the song, well, you're gonna you're gonna share it to once I get this downloaded. You'll share it to him. So once we get the song done, remind me I have an Irish story for you. All right, here we go, everybody. The great empty.
2: The place that no one else can find I think about you all the time
0: Wow, so beautiful. So, all right. So now I have a question. How old were you when you actually recorded this?
1: I recorded this. Uh. About fifty-two. Fifty-two.
0: Okay. Wow. Yeah. Gorgeous. So I would
1: say uh, two thousand four. Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you, Jerry. Wow. So. Um, were you on any talent shows? Uh, nope. Okay. Kim mentioned something to me. I don't remember what she was saying. She said, you tried out for something or you were going to try out for something? Oh,
1: okay. Uh, just recently, who mentioned you? said Kim. Because I broke up. Yeah, Kim. Yeah, I, so I went down to, uh, I went to I- Idol. Larita Winery was having their Lorita Idol contest. Oh, okay. And so they had to, the, Preliminaries, uh, the first three, across the first three weeks or the middle three weeks of our, this month. And, uh, and I didn't, I didn't make the cut. Uh, so the, the semifinals are coming up next week. And then I think two or three weeks is the final. So that's, that's, oh, let, oh, let me tell you another story. Yeah. Cut you off, Jerry. Sorry. In, in two, in 2005, I was between jobs and, uh, I went out to Las Vegas to try out for a Nashville Star. A great friend of mine living who moved out to Vegas from Jersey, and when he moved out there, he was uh, he got me lots of gigs out there. And he was constantly called me up. And I went out there, I played with him and his band, and a bunch of other people. I did a lot of solo gigs. It was just a it was just a great time. I, I mean, I, I played in the House of Blues. It was just fantastic. Wow. Uh, so I, I just, so I went out and I stayed with him for a few nights, and I went and I did this. And so Nashville Star gives you a list of, of songs, and you have to pick a song from it, and that's fine. Uh, so I, I didn't think much of it. I saw, I saw the list of songs. I picked my song. I, I practiced it. I, I went out there. There was about 700 people in, in the, this convention center, and they had... It took about eight or nine hours to get through it all, but... They had a great system where they ran everybody up there. You did your 30 seconds and this and that. But so I picked, instead of like, if I was smart, I would have had two or three songs ready to go, right? But I had one song, the only song on the list that I learned that I knew, and that was it. And I said, uh, this was, it was an Allison Krauss and Union Station song, a female vocalist. I said, you know, I, I'm going to do that. Maybe I'll be one of the only guys, if not the only guy, doing a female right. vocal song. So I said, "Yeah, yeah, I got a, I mean, you know, I got a plan. This is going to work." I get out there. The very first person to get up there to, to sing an audition does what I did. A guy did just. No.
2: What I did. This, is, this
1: is it. It killed me. And and you know what? Probably three or four more guys and about eight or nine more ladies did this song, and not one of them made the cut. And, but and I had already known that by my time. But I had no plan B. You know what I mean? No. So, I
0: didn't make that cut either. <laughs> no. Okay, so no, that... Okay. It was the best experience. Yes, but no. that taught you an incredible lesson, making sure you have
1: backups. Have, have a plan B, yeah.
0: Wow. And as far as the local thing, you didn't make the cut, but you know what? That's because they weren't ready. The, you know, what goes on today with music, they want, like, young people with their nonsense. And... I can't really listen to that kind of music today.
1: I understand. Yep.
0: You know, it's... it's. Uh, all right. So anyway, I don't want to get oh, into okay. that. okay.
1: Look, Jerry, everything's, uh, everything's an experience. Yes. Everything, uh, everything you, there's good to be found in everything. That's and, right. And that's what I'm working on, taking, taking away the good and leaving behind the bad. You're right.
0: So. You're absolutely right. So, all right. So now...
1: I haven't, so in another I haven't. 10 or 12 years, I should be okay.
0: You're so great. <laughs> you are so great. So, let's talk about your song, Baby of Mine. Okay. Tell everybody that, about that.
1: Yeah, so I, I, wrote, I wrote this song right after my daughter was born. So, it's 40 years ago I wrote this song. Okay. I wrote this song, 79. Uh in 79. Just from all the emotion that comes with. Uh, you know, having your first child, right, and, uh, and, and I didn't record it until 2004, but I, I wrote it, and uh, back then, and I got to, and I danced the father-daughter dance with my daughter at her wedding to this song, oh. it, it, it really, uh, it sort of, it bookends that 40 years. Of, of life always, I should say well to now but she so she got married in 2009 I wrote the song in 79 and I danced with her uh, at her wedding father and daughter danced to this song
0: so, so 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 okay that's incredibly beautiful right there okay imagine dancing with your dad at your wedding to the song he wrote and recorded how beautiful is that all right Wow. Baby of mine. Thank you. Let's hear it.
2: Never could have realized You could be so pretty Or you could make me act so silly Baby of mine Looking up at me I see that great big smile It's just that thing that keeps me Going all the while When I can't be with you I want to spend every moment with you, baby of mine I know the years will go by much faster now It won't seem long and you'll be gone Just for this moment I'll hold you here in my arms Whoever knew a love could be so strong And I want you to know I'll always be there
0: Was your daughter sobbing when you were dancing with her?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was an emotional moment for sure, Jerry. No doubt. Oh
0: wow, yeah. that's so beautiful. I just yeah. want you to know.
1: And my son, my son-in-law said it was the longest three minutes of his life.
0: Aw, that's so, that's kind of cute. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> so the owner, Steve's, um, Steve, and Angel, Barb—they're watching. They're listening. And he's recuperating, Steve. We love you, but he said it sounds great. He's he's messaging me, so.
1: Thanks, Steve. Hope you're feeling better soon. Yes.
0: Wow. Um, wow. So that's beautiful. Phew. So we we have a few more minutes. What is it that you would like to let everyone know? Maybe how can they purchase your CDs? Can they find you?
1: So if I have a website, kevinmcgallen K E V I N M C G I W A N dot net. And it'll take you, it'll, it'll take you straight to Reverb Nation, which has all, all the information, uh, about me. Like all, all the, every song I've recorded, I put up there. And the, the, the three CDs are up there. The videos I have are up there. And my show schedule is up there. So Kevin McGowan dot net will, uh, take you to pretty much, uh, the page that can direct you to everything that you need to know about me in terms of what videos do I have up there click on the videos uh, what CDs click on uh, click on albums and then uh, you know what shows if you click on shows the schedule comes up so I hope it's not too hard to, uh, to navigate but you know s- since I do it all the time I'm up there working on right. it whenever I can it's easy so I hope they don't find it too challenging
0: well, they can also that's get where it is. no, but they can also get in touch with me privately, and I can you know hook them up with you. That's never an issue. Um, I've had that happen before, so people, okay. that's not a problem.
1: Yeah. Um, and if anyone wants to email me, it's Kevin at KevinMcGowan net.
0: Okay, now I want to talk a little bit about um, Kim and her incredible voice. She's
1: something,
0: right? She's right. beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've got to do something. I can't wait to, to see what's happening with the two of you because her voice is unbelievable. Tell everyone her name and the, and the band name.
1: So that's Kim Delane. Uh, the band is, that she's performing with, the full band, is The Suspects. They, you know, they're an 80s band, nobody does, and nobody does it better than them. So uh, anytime you would see something for The Suspects, you're going to have uh, a great night of entertainment and you're going to hear quality music played by quality musicians. No doubt about it.
0: So, now, K-Squared, <laughs> or K, are you trying oh, to say? Oh, yeah,
1: that's, there you go, Harold. That's uh, Kevin, Kim and Kevin. You know, when we did this, Harold uh, dubbed it
0: K-Squared. Oh, that's so cool. So, Harold has all three of your CDs. Wow. He is a fan. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, Thank you, Harold. yeah, wow. Thank you. Great lady. So beautiful. Um, so, is there anything you want to, like, say to anyone out there? Give them some inspiration. Yeah,
1: yeah. so uh, I would say that if you're if, you, if you, whatever stage you're at in life, wherever you are, and if you're thinking about things that you never got a chance to do, now's the time to do it, right? Uh, yeah. So don't let, don't let, you know, you know, attitude is everything and stinking thinking will destroy everything. So uh, keep, keep thinking about the positive. Uh, and and keep doing what you want to do and as long as you get joy out of it nothing else really matters just do
0: it that's so beautiful so you you know what Kev we're going to close not yet we still have about five minutes but we're going to close with your last song My Town but before we get into that I have to say something to you Um, you know everybody approaches me about either themselves or somebody they know that's really great and an awesome singer and a great writer and you know um, unfortunately I can't interview everyone and more times than not, they're right. Okay. But there are some times where they're not, they think they're good, you know, whatever. And I still try to give them an opportunity, but I have to say with you, you know, when Kim told me about you and I heard you singing and I really listened, um, I really was blown away and, uh, you know, even Kim, I'm going to mention her again. Her voice is off the charts. So. You're
1: absolutely right. There's no words to describe it. She's that good. No
0: sure. words. And, but with you as well. Like, I, I'm listening to your voice and I'm just sitting here mesmerized. So I can't imagine what the two of you can conquer. I can't wait for that. Thanks,
1: Jerry. Um, Thank we're, work- we're, gonna, we're
0: working on it. <laughs> so, I, you know, and I want to get another date, maybe with the both of you. You know, We'll do that. We'll interview the both of you because this is unbelievable. Your voices are incredible. But here's the one thing I want to say to you about you as a person. So this is really the first time I'm getting to know you through this interview because we did not prep for this. Like I said, it was a last-minute thing. And just listening to you you speaking, just listening to why you wrote certain songs, listening to the words of your songs, I'm blown away. You know, you can tell by all that you have an incredible heart. You have an incredible spirit. And I just want to say thank you for that because that's what's needed today more than ever. You know, so many people out there think they're too old, they're not good enough. But we're here to tell them that they're never too old and they're always good enough, right?
1: That's absolutely right, Jared. Thank you for your kind words and, and what you just said is is that's what everybody should take away in their life is is
0: just what you said you know I mean you know money is important to survive but money is not everything you know greatness doesn't you you know come because of money greatness comes because of who you are inside and how you can share it with everyone else and uplift everyone else I mean even Harold you know he loves your music um, and what he's saying about you you know you just bring us to a place back when you know, like you were saying about like the one song you wrote when you were young, right? Like your music just brings me back in time to like happiness.
1: That's great, Jerry. Right? You. Made my day, thank wow.
0: you. Wow. So okay. So
1: So oh you wanted me to remind you about an Irish
0: story. Oh! I have to tell you this and then we'll then we'll close yeah. with My Town and you'll tell us about that song. Okay. okay. So um I, I went to actually Ken Brady from the casinos I went to his 75th birthday party in Florida uh, last spring and um I stayed with my friend Kathy. Everyone knows her. Kathy Kasu from K&D Entertainment. Kathy and Donna. And she's been, she used to live here. She now lives in Florida at the villages, guys. Anyway, so she's, um, a set nurse and she also does entertainers. And so it's really a cool, uh, relationship. We have so much fun. So anyway, there is the Lucky Leprechaun. It's a, uh, bar restaurant in Florida and her friends own it. And they are really Irish, from Ireland, with the accents, okay? And oh, Jesus, that's right. So we were there, actually, St. Paddy's Day. So they had a huge celebration, and I got to meet real leprechauns. <laughs> it was off the charts. All the guys were in kilts, real leprechauns. They had Irish, young, beautiful women doing Irish dances.
1: That's great.
0: It was so cool. So, you know, I, I've never been to a real one, but I went to Ireland, you know, about 20 years ago with my dad and my daughter, and, and we loved it. It was awesome. So I love traveling, and Ireland was incredible. But I got to say, the Lucky Leprechaun on St. Patty's Day is off the charts.
1: That's great. So um, yeah. Down that area, I'll have to look at it. Yep. Up for sure. Oh yes.
0: And when I see you next, remind me to show you the photos. I'll show you the leprechauns.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll certainly do that. So
0: Thank cool. You. So everybody we're coming to the close of the show we're going to have Kevin tell us about this last song I want to thank everyone out there listening I want to thank you again Kevin what an incredible interview what an incredible singer oh my gosh you just thank blew you, me God. away today um, my pleasure and Galen and Harold yay yay <laughs> yeah. so Indeed.
1: tell Harold us says my town could be anywhere in USA and that and that is so true like, I'm, I'm originally from the Bronx when, when we and so I got married. We came down here in '74. So, uh, but but Brooklyn's the same, uh, you know. And these the old days. The neighborhoods in the city were were just the most wonderful places. Uh, to try and explain that to to a youngster today, they wouldn't get it, but but we get it, right? right? Well,
0: I grew up. Yeah, I grew up in Long Island City, New York, and I moved down here you a know. year before you did. I was twelve. Yeah, those yes were days, yeah. they were great days huh listen we have a group um on facebook uh long island city and i've reconnected with all my childhood friends and even got to meet a few of them again that is just fantastic Oh, uh, those were the days baby yeah so tell us about tell us about this song my town and that's how we're going to close today's show yeah
1: so this song is a about- About the people and the neighborhood, Uh, I grew up in the University Heights section of the Bronx. If you don't know where that is, it's it's about it's a couple of miles north of Yankee Stadium. Uh, You know, maybe two miles, maybe like half a dozen stops on the number four train. It's uh, so geographically that's where it is. And and we we were a very uh, compact and tight community, and it all centered around our church, St. Nicholas of Tolentine, which is mentioned in the song. And the parish was huge. St. Nicholas of Tolentine was called the Cathedral of Bronx because it's a massive St. Patrick's Cathedral-like church. It's just absolutely beautiful. And uh, so so this, I talk about the people, you know, that I grew up with, a small portion of them, obviously, and, you know, and, and the impact it had on me and, and, and how much it means to me today, even. And everybody from... The neighborhood, like you say, Brooklyn, Long Island City—all everybody has those feelings in them and those great memories from from those great times. And I, that's what I try to encapsulate and capture for this particular song. And,
0: uh, wow! All right, there you go. Here we go, Kevin. I love you and thank you. And we're going to close you, out everybody with Kevin McGowan. How do you say your name, McGowan or McGowan? McGowan. McGowan. My Town, guys.
2: I know it's hard to picture the Bronx as a town, but that's where mom and dad settled down when they came to America after the war. Where my brother and sisters were born Where so many great lifetime friendships were formed Everything was the Yankees, Tallentine and John's Candy Store Running up and down four flights of stairs ten times a day It never bothered me then, but it would kill me today I knew every face behind every door Mr. Burns way up there on the fire escape Under that shirt I think he's wearing a cape Mr. Kirschner playing cards down at the corner store Go with Mr. Canada Night mass. I could hardly walk in my beetle boots Boy, Till we ever left? That's the way it was In my town Just walked in the door And Larry's on the telephone Says he's putting together A band of his own He's gonna play drums He wants me to play bass guitar There's Pete Brady on the front stoop day after day He never said much, that wasn't his way But he kept an eye out for us all Denise's crown, queen of the prom Jimmy's million dollar looks, got all the girls carrying on for me back there and then in my town. We never had to lock the door. We were never afraid and we never wanted more. We never thought that this world would end. And when it Never see the likes of it again We all moved on some time ago But every now and then When I'm feeling low I find myself thinking about the Bronx and the candy store It's the town where I learned about life It's the town where I met my wife. It's the town I will cherish forevermore. Pete Brady will still be standing watching his quiet way. Jimmy Hopkins, movie star looks, will be making every girl's day. That's the way it will always be in my memo.
0: Second successfully, that should be off. That should be off. Hold on one second.